Hello, welcome to Time to Say Goodbye. We are back. By we, I mean me. Because I was not here on the show last week. Um, Tammy is in Korea. Hello. Tammy, yeah, this is our... Tammy's... It seems like... Yeah, like we talk about this every week because you're always in a different hotel room. <laughs> but, you know, it's like a world tour of of hotel rooms. And it's... I, I feel no need to, like, feel jealous about this. It seems... <laughs> This is miserable. Why are you always in a hotel? I I hate hotels. (laughs) I I was just in a hotel for a week. It was awful. You know, like I I wanted to leave the entire time. I asked for a room change because like they have a club in the middle of this stupid hotel in New York. You know, like. like Oh, my God. And it's on the seventh floor and I was on the sixth floor. The second I walked in, I could hear music through the ceiling. So I went back down to the desk. I was like, listen, I am not the person who can sleep underneath a nightclub that you guys have put in the middle of this hotel for no reason. Um, And so then I got switched and then it was okay. But then... Like it was, it was just weird, you know. It's like one of these things in the Lower East Side where they like stylize everything, but oh the room God. is bad. You, you know? see it in the worst place. Well, I don't know. I didn't really have a choice here. You I know, see. I had two choices of where to stay, and I chose the one that was not in Murray Hill. However, <laughs> in so- retrospect, I should have stayed in the Murray Hill one. You know, <laughs> it would have been, been quiet. <laughs> yeah. I could have gone. There's like two Indian restaurants there that I really like. Yeah. Oh yeah, or I could have walked like four blocks up. The voice you heard is. Is our <laughs> repeat guest third? I think you're now the most tenured guest. Um, it is Jenny so. Wong Medina. Um, Ooh, every time you. she is on, you know that we're gonna have a lively conversation about a Korean drama. And today we're gonna be talking about <laughs> I don't even know what what's the show called. I just call it Woo Young Woo, but it's the Attorney Extraordinary Woo. Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Extraordinary Attorney Woo, which is a show that is a very very big hit. I would say like. It's just weird because it's like the number one show in Netflix around the world, around the world, in the same way that Squid Games is. But it obviously is not like the same cultural <laughs> phenomenon. But uh, if you, look, I was looking like in Australia, it's like the number one show. It was the n- number one show, or it was like top ten here forever, right? In the United States, Japan, Korea, whatever. Like these are, you know, places where Netflix is. This is generally one of the top shows. It's and we wanted to talk about it because there's a lot to talk about it. Jenny, how are you doing? I'm okay. Thanks for inviting me back. Thanks for being here. You recently, according to my notes and according to Tammy, you were also in Korea recently. Is that right? Yeah, I was there over the summer from um, end of June to beginning of August. Um, it was hot, but uh, but I was really glad to be able to get back. It was the first time I'd been to Korea since, I don't even know now, 2019, sorry. Oh, yeah. Your first Years have no meeting. pandemic, yeah. First post pandemic. Oh, yeah. Did you um? Do you want to talk about the conference that you went to, or we? Oh, you were going <laughs> oh. to go to? <clears throat> I was gonna go to the BTS interdisciplinary conference. <laughs> Wait, what? What are the I, disciplines that are that go? What are the that <laughs> oh, make sure. an interdisciplinary? Uh, Namjoon, Yoongi. No, I'm just kidding. Those are the different disciplines. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, singing, um, dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rap, the rap lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, some anthropology, sociology, ethnomusicology, rhetoric. There's a lot of rhetoricians. Yeah. Um, but there is a world of BTS scholarship. Um, there was an art historian who was there. Um, she was one of the keynote speakers. So I didn't end up being able to attend the conference. I did watch some of the panels and like the keynote speakers, um, which I think Tammy was interested in. But um 
Uh, I went to a talk by one of the keynote speakers at a museum, the Seoul Museum of Contemporary Art, I think, um, where they had <clears throat> this installation of, or an exhibition of um, BTS fan art produced by actual like contemporary artists who are mm. actual fans. So it wasn't just like, I don't know, my kid's drawing of Jin or something. <laughs> was it um, good art? Yeah, it was really good art. It was really interesting. There was some, oh, I actually um, saw some of that, actually. I think they put it on the internet and somebody sent it to me. Some of the, oh, yeah? So that, that art exhibit, yeah. I guess I they've so, done it before, yeah. like, in New York, too. But, I, yeah, I was curious about this. Yeah, one. it was oh, really no. interesting work. Um, and the the keynote speaker is an expert on Peng Namjoon, the video artist. Mm-hmm. Um and do I have to say who he is on this podcast? Probably not. But <laughs> she was making some interesting connections between BTS and Peng Namjoon. But really? never said that they had this. Yeah, never said that RM and Peng Namjoon have the same name. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because RM's name is Namjoon. Namjoon. I'm lost. I don't know anything about BTS. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but I know nothing. <laughs> I've decided that I can't. I can't go down that hole and it's just like a thing of like i don't know like i just don't it's fine you know i'm like i'm in my 40s and it's not that i wouldn't do it if i if i had started but then i was like i have a decision here i can either get into this or not (laughs) and i was like i think i'll just decide how many hours do you want to lose like yeah yeah Although I got dragged in during the pandemic, um, I wasn't (laughs) very interested or I tried to avoid it, but, um, now Now I've gotten dragged down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Jenny and I realized that we were both at the same Las Vegas concert. Oh, and you didn't say hi. So we didn't get a meetup, but we were texting about it. So that was really funny. But Jenny has gone to multiple concerts. So (laughs) yeah, I went to the LA one too. (laughs) I was a one off. Oh yeah, isn't there like something where like people people line up for five hours to get the merch and stuff like that? Like it's oh stuff God. like that. Yeah, That's my niece went at like That's six a.m. and didn't get in there until like noon or one. Um, and nothing yeah. was left. I bet <laughs> nothing was left. Well, she managed to get stuff by the time we got there, and I we got there like an hour early because so I was like, I'm not standing in line for five hours. There was nothing left. <laughs> so I told my kid, um, oh, I'll just pay the markup and get it for you online. <laughs> yeah, can't you get also get like I have a knockoff one I got at like some stall and at some fair I walked by in Koreatown in LA once. And oh, yeah. I was like I was like, well this is they the sell them at every thing. Korean beauty supply I've been to. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, just get the knockoff. It's a a knockoff of what did you get, Jay? Like a BTS t shirt. I just got it because I thought it was, I thought it'd be funny to wear <laughs> That's around. Awesome. You know, but um but, you know, I was looking on the back. I was like, what is Rat Monster? And I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, is, I was like, if you, uh, is Rat Master one of the names of the yeah. people or something? Okay. All right. Well, yeah. that's my level of knowledge of this. But I'm okay with it. I've decided to inquire not at all anymore just because. That's um, okay. They're also, like, they're on hiatus doing their own things right now. So you're in Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Right yeah. They're like yeah. the Beatles. Um, that's what, so <laughs> yeah. I, I saw this TikTok where this guy was like, the BTS are the new Beatles. And I was like, ah, okay. Well, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> well, they did that performance. They did that performance on Cold Bear where they had it in black yeah. and white and they were dressed right, up like right, the Beatles. Right, right, right. Um, 
It's like yeah, giving yourself your own nickname, though. I was like, I don't know. You know, yeah. I think they are a big hit, but it's just like the only part, the deepest I got into was the whole Koreaboo thing, which I still am interested in, but it seems like it's sort of cooled down a little bit. Uh, every three months or so, I will search for, for more Koreaboo content. Do you know about this, Jenny? <laughs> um, I know what a Koreaboo is, but yeah. um, what do you mean? In, like, is there someone specific or just Koreaboos? No, I just like watching the content about it because I think it's, I find videos. it totally fascinating. I was like, why do these white people want to be Korean? <laughs> you know? and, then, yeah. and then I watch it and I'm like, God, man, this is, you know, I kind of missed out on this. I wish this was around <laughs> when I was in high school. You know, <laughs> I'd be much more. get some play. <laughs> you no, know, I'd be at least much more well adjusted. Exactly. You know, I'd be like, oh my God, everyone thinks I'm a celebrity. They're curious about where I'm from. They're the ones that are, they're the ones that or get mad if someone mixes up where I'm from and the Japanese kid like you know these are the, they're gonna get mad at they're like they're gonna get madder than I am you know where I'm just like listen okay you know but um, yeah but that Jamie and Andy of, and me watch like these TikToks where people would just said like onion has hail like over and over again yeah <laughs> it's pretty good ginger or they you know there's <laughs> Oh, oh, but the biggest thing is they just call each other like Opa or whatever, right? They're like, oh, you know, um, it's pretty funny. I don't know. Um, but it seems to have dropped out because I think it was shamed out of the, out of whatever, BTS Army or something like that. I have no clue. But no, the out cr- of Army, yeah. The My daughter just called content. somebody a Korea boo. Oh, really? Oh, well. She it has a also, friend who's a Korea boo. <laughs> it also does seem like it should not be something that people say because the, the etymology is very clear, you know, and it's like a, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know. Wait, what is the etymology? I don't know. Can I'm we? not going to say it, but it's like very on the show, but it's very clear. Like, what is another racial slur that ends with the word boo? You know, like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You never made that connection. On no. Wait, yeah. What? That's what the term Take must be. Me. Huh? What is it? Type okay, it we're not going to have this conversation. All right, let's keep moving on. All right, so. Wow, okay. That's a Tammy. Oh, I thought it was from Weabu, the thing that people who wish they were Japanese were called. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay, well, it, now I feel better. I think so. It. That makes more yeah. sense, actually, but, you know. So my older daughter's more into Japanese stuff, and she uh-huh. came home in seventh grade and was like, Mom, I'm a weeb. And I was like, what's a weeb? And I looked it up, and I was like, you're not a weeaboo, you're Asian, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good conversation. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> it's like the conversation that people like you know like conservative people say that they have with their children but i'm sure they don't where they're like my daughter came home and said i'm non-binary and i was like no you're not you know and then your version <laughs> is like your daughter comes home and she's like i'm a weave and you're like no you're not <laughs> you're <laughs> just down. asian how dare you yeah. you're just asian <laughs> yeah you're just asian that's awesome yeah. what are they teaching you at that school <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Weeb. Um, okay, well let's get into the show then. Alright, so this I at the head of the show we introduced the show, so I don't think we need to do this anymore. It's uh I don't know, but I can tell you what it's about. It's about a um and please dive in. It's about a sh- if if you have more to add. Um but it's a show about it's sort of like Rain Man, right? Mm-hmm. Um I would say it's about a young woman, she's twenty six years old, she's autistic. And she's also a lawyer. And like in Rain Man fashion, 
she has uh, memorized basically all of Korean law, right? And so <laughs> she finally gets this job. Um, for a while, she was discriminated against because she's very idiosyncratic and you know autistic, and it's on her resume. But because of some like big time dealings, which you know really expand <laughs> the scope of the show, like between like the you know new justice minister of Korea and everything like that, mm-hmm. she's given this job, and the show is kind of like. It's like Boston Legal or Ally McBeal yeah. or like it's kind of in that tradition of like every episode is a new case. And she, it, Ally McBeal is probably like the, That's it's like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like Ally McBeal um, where she's like, you know, odd and everyone's like laughing at or, you know, everyone's like, what's she up to? But she's also like a brilliant legal mind at, the, at around like the 41 minute mark. They all have to respect her. In each episode, they're like, oh, she was correct. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's the show. Now, that in itself, I don't think is particularly interesting, right? But what is interesting is that this thing is such a huge international hit. I personally think I understand. I mean, the show is good. It's cute and it's like fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, what do, what do you think a tribute is? It, like, why is this like the biggest hit going on right now? Like, why is this a show that millions of people around the world are watching? It's wholesome. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Well, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how it's, um, you know, bringing light to the subject of uh, neuroatypical spectrum, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it's cute, I guess. I don't know why it's so popular. Um, There's plenty of other shows like it, uh, but she's very likable. Um, People like procedural legal shows. Um, Yeah. And then it really gets at, like, each of the kind of hot button issues in Korean society. So I think right. people like to see all you of that like the, in one the individual space. cases. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what are the hot, that's how I felt. It felt yeah. like almost like a survey of like totally. what Koreans are caring about right now. So like, Jane, like what are the, what are the, what are some of these issues that, you know, you, you can almost like kind of get a glimpse into what the writer's idea of what Koreans are interested in is, right? And so, like, what what are some of those things? Um, Well, it starts, of course, with the, like, disability, with the disabled, which is a big um, problem, I guess, in Korea, the the way that disabled people are treated, Um, discrimination against the disabled, then there's, like, this, there's this kind of under current of Buddhism versus Christianity that goes throughout the right. show, which um, I'll bring up again <laughs> later, because that was kind of a weird yeah, thing. Actually. Oh, yeah, that, the point. wedding tattoo. Where I was just like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> but it comes up again and again. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there was the issue of suicide and um, what else? The North Koreans. Um, development of the countryside. Issues. Oh, yeah, North, yeah Korean, of the- North Korean defectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, overdevelopment was one, right? Like in yeah. That, yeah, the cultural yeah. heron also. Yeah. That was the most the, fascist episode of the show is when they're like, we will not build the, you know, they like did this like kind of like, well, fascist not, yeah. but like, you know, like, like, oh, it was like very MAGA, you know, it was like, oh, well, you know, we used to have a country where, you know, <laughs> before, kids could be kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we all loved one another. And now, you know, and now you're trying to build a highway through this, you know, for more <laughs> development. Um, they had uh, that gambling one. You should have liked that one. <laughs> oh yeah, that one was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It yeah, was that labor. Yeah, the labor one. 
Yeah. Right, right. So, like, let's start with a disability, um, you know, with uh, sort of people who are... Because that was something I actually remember from my childhood being very true, which is that, like, even in the smaller Korean communities that I was in, that if a family had a, uh, had a child who was, you know, mainly handicapped, there would be, like, a real, real stigma against it. And it wasn't, yeah. like they would tell you to make fun of the kid. It was that you would pretend that the kid didn't exist in a lot of ways, right? And that there was also stuff where, like, there are clear lies now that I think about it about how this had happened, right? Like, nobody was born this way. Everyone had, like, a fever when they were young and, like, something happened, right? I'm serious. Like, these are, are, like, the explanations from that generation for this. And it's all based on the shame that, like, if you produce... A child like um, that that it's somehow like shameful for the family and the parents right and that was like a real social reality I remember quite vividly because like it was like one of those moments where you as a child you're just like uh, or that you would as a child you sort of wake up and you're like oh wow like at the, my parents are kind of lying and uh, and also like this is a really messed up way to think about the world I don't know, t- like did, did you guys have yeah. the same sort of experience growing up um, yeah, it was not talked about, um, yeah. much avoided, uh, but there was also a sense I've heard from lots of different people that, uh, it was often kind of placed onto, uh, mixed race children, um, right. or adoptees too, like, well, that there was something, there had to be something wrong with them and that's why they were this, that, or the other. Yeah. Um, but whenever we had mixed, whenever like within my church community or something, if there were like mixed race people, they were often seen as, um, I guess, mentally deficient or something, um, which is terrible. But there was this kind of stigma attached to um, there. There, I guess there were a couple of kids who did, who were neurotypical, um, but it was explained to us as because they were mixed or it was kind really? of like, yeah, that was the yeah. illusion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. We're, getting, we're like yeah. spilling Korean, Korean, Korean secrets here. <laughs> Man, this is like a yeah, fucked really, up mentality. Really, really yeah, really that was yeah, that was exactly. definitely it was definitely around in the eighties and nineties here. I mean, like yeah. I I imagine it's a little better now, just because you know, like that just maybe even out of social pressure of, of people's surroundings and people have stayed in the states longer and their kids grow up and they resist it, but. I mean, it was bad. And so, like, but what, what, how about in Korea? Like, you know, like, why, why is it, this is now the second show, right, that we've talked about that has yeah. a, has a character. Our Blues has a character with Down syndrome, um, who is a big, big part of that show, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, what's the, in Korea, like, what, what, how are these things discussed? Like, is this seen as like a, you know, unalloyed social uh, good that people are finally coming around and, and, and that, you know, like, are there people who resist it? Are, people, are there people who are just like, no, we have to go back to the old ways of, like, hiding these children and shaming <laughs> the parents and, like, just be, and being awful? Like, well, what, is, what is behind this right now? Because this is two straight hit shows that are, you know, dealing with this one topic, including the biggest hit show where the main character is, you know, on, on autism spectrum. Yeah. I, I don't know, Jenny, I wonder what you think. I, I feel like the disability rights community has actually had a lot of visibility over the past few years in terms of social protest, yeah. not just like this 
now decade plus that they've been fighting alongside racial minorities and gender-based minorities around the anti-discrimination bill, but also because of the circumstances of the pandemic, them not having access to public spaces, and then these mass subway protests um, that people have staged um, for public accommodation on transit. I think there's a lot of confrontation of, of these issues like in society that people are having to face and really like reckon with. And then I think there's also just like an opportunistic part on the part of television writers, which is that it, it hasn't been, it's not territory that has been mined that much in dramas. Like there've been a couple um, before this, but not very high profile. And so it's like a convenient way to t- like, to talk about minority issues or to have like a minority kind of character. Um, so that's yeah. sort of how I see it. But I do think like even this present administration, which obviously is quite conservative, is having to reckon with some of these issues right now. Right. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with Tammy. Um, and that was something I wanted to talk about. I, I guess the, the minority issue, that's an interesting thing to bring up because um, a lot of these, kind, a lot of these issues came up around the same time as um South Korea started grappling with its what it was calling its multicultural society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these minority interests um, were being highlighted. You know, we have the LGBTQ issue in this one as well. Um, yeah. And there's this whole new category of minorities, which, you know, like, um, wasn't really a thing prior to the 21st yeah, century, sure. I guess I would say, yeah. Yeah. right? Because everyone was supposed to be we, right? Everyone is supposed to yeah. be Udi. So now that we have this kind of proliferation or like attention paid to different minority communities, it's, um, uh, I don't know if I would say it was sparked by the multiculturalism, but um, it is something that um, that kind of folds in lots of different types of minorities, not just yeah, racial, right. not just international Um and, I'm and recognizing that there is diversity in different ways. Totally. Yeah. And I like every time I come back, I'm just struck by how much more diverse it is. Um, I'm in Busan right now, which like has always been a kind of multicultural place as a port city. But it's just it's there's it's incredible who you see on public transit these days. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there for the expo thing? No, but I am going to get a tour of the site. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get to see the show? To go back to BTS. I know. No, not the BTS. So this is like small Pusan stuff, but basically like Pusan in 2030 is going to host this World Expo and it's like a huge project and the conservative administration is very obsessed with it and stuff. Anyway, but it, there's a BTS intersection. Just Isn't like, that, didn't they already have an <laughs> expo somewhere in Korea at some point? I think I went to the expo ago. grounds. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when I was there, like when I was like in college or something. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like watching. tried to do it. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, yeah. Watching uh, Korean dramas, I will say, it's kind of like, it kind of is like watching American, like an ABC drama and then written by like a somewhat liberal showrunner and like from like 1993 here in the United States. It's like, that's the part that's like been really like kind of of interesting to me where there's, remember in the early 90s where it was that ABC drama Life Goes On where they had Corky and they had like a character with Down syndrome and that show like also like sort of was like on the pulse of current social issues sure. right and like when was the, will and grace right around the same uh, time right 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 back as i think mm. the daughter's boyfriend ended yeah. up having hiv and all these sorts of things yeah. that's what it like a lot of these korean dramas <laughs> feel like except that all the politics are exactly like america's like hollywood politics of 1993 where they're, they're like we should embrace diversity how about that guys you know or they say or they're like you know like we should humanize the people who have disabilities, right? Or then they, or they say like, uh, you know, 
abortion, you know, like shouldn't be shamed of it anymore. <laughs> you know, let's bring it out of the light. I don't know. Now, obviously, I mean, like Korean politics is not a reflection of American politics. It, like, you know, and it's not just 30 years in the past, right? But um, but I don't know. I That well, is sort of a vibe yeah. that you do get where you're just like, oh, they're just grappling with these issues now, you know, in I a way think that I think... totally inappropriate. Because right. like, yeah, like what Jenny was saying, like they are... Like, for instance, literally the term multiculturalism and some of the other terms around this stuff are, like, imported, essentially, to, like, talk about what's happening right now. So, yeah, I know that sounds very, like, American-centric, but I think there's something to it because that multiculturalist discourse was developed in the U.S. Right, and they're always kind of reticent about it, too, though, you know? Like, they're, like, <laughs> like in, in Our Blues, how... They're like abortion, you know, and the but they're in the end. They're like, no, actually, no. I know, you know, like, <laughs> like we'll get to the point where she's thinking about it, you know. But in the end, she's not going to get an abortion, and the abortion doctor is going to be like a creep, you the know, literal um, worst person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then um, I don't know. This show, it was like it was kind of like that too. I felt right, like where I think that certain things were very like you know, like kind of like, hey, let's let's not do x anymore like we're a new type of society and then you know there's also three episodes about like you know the the old way of life and how it was good and how you know they shouldn't destroy it and everything <laughs> like that and i was like well i don't know this is all over the map at this point but um you know that's just me watching i want to push back a little on you guys <laughs> i don't i i'm very against looking at um these kinds of issues as America in the past. I think it's like kind of the exact same thing that South Korea does with North Korea. They'll, they'll look at North Korean um, media or something and say, oh, that's exactly how we were in the 60s, or it looks just like South Korea in the 60s. Um, and you can cherry pick that kind of stuff, but um, it really, I mean, this is the, den the denial of the coeval, right? <laughs> Very... <laughs> explicitly <laughs> I mean I don't saying that. yes no I understand that I guess I but I think in terms of like discourse in terms of like issues I do think that yeah I'm just talking politically of that right like yeah. where how politics think, show up in the show sure but I would say too that 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 also has a lot to do with like the the um the move in the 80s and 90s particularly the 90s out of a strong censorship regime right they weren't really allowed to talk yeah. about this on especially on public media like this these issues were certainly talked about in literature but not on television right. not in for sure um, in film but like um any anything that involves like a bigger production is gonna be subject to more censorship than something like you know a poem that can be passed around and so i think that also goes to why um film and television are becoming much more socially um much more important in korea in the korean media environment right so it used to be that literature was really really the main kind of source yeah. for social critique because it could be circulated without um I mean, it still got censored, but it could be circulated yeah. without as much censorship. At least it right. could get out there yeah. before they got in trouble. It's cheaper. Um, it's like you can have, yeah, Samasat. Yeah. yeah, you can have pamphlets, but you can't really, I mean, I guess you can with YouTube, but you can't have a major production like this right. without it having yeah. to go through government channels yeah, yeah. or at I, least corporate channels. Just to clarify, like what, I, what I'm saying is not that like there is any sort of conscious, um, you know, where America is the center and everyone's sort of trailing behind yeah. here. I'm just saying that like the presentation of political ideas in these shows these days do remind me of American television in the nineties in that like, it is a sort of like, we're going to finally do this. And 
uh, and we're going to talk about it. And then the portrayal of it is like quite flat, right? Like it's like, it feels mm. like it's just, and that's also true of all television because, you know, it's television. Right. It's not really yeah. meant to discuss these things. And at best, at times, you all you have is really like a representation of something and then that's about it. Now, I think it's different when it comes to class issues because obviously that's something that has been around much longer, you know? <laughs> um, but like idea, like uh, we were talking, Tim and I talked about like the, the the character in Squid Games, right? Who um, is from uh, Sri Lanka, I think, right? Or Bangladesh? Um, He's from Bangladesh in the show. Right, in the show. In the show. Right. And you're just like, that's like a 90s, like kind of magical Negro character, right? Um, Like very flat, (laughs) like no interiority, just like kind of this stupid, like simple, good man who like has a heart of gold type of thing, right? Like that that's all I'm talking about. Like where mm-hmm. the the portrayals of the politics are not do not strike me as particularly nuanced at times, right? But I and I thought that that, that you know, this is tr- something that's also true of but less true I think of this Uyangu show because obviously you have a main character who is goes through 16 hours and it's going to be more interesting. <laughs> Um, in that way, but I don't know, what, what did you think about this, right? Like just to let the audience know a little bit more who haven't seen the show, you know, she's, uh, very eccentric. The actress who plays her is, uh, you know, like doesn't make eye contact with any of the other people. Like some of the things that I think some of the critics of the show have said are stereotypical in a lot of ways, right. Are, Are all there. Like, um, doesn't make eye contact, doesn't has like certain quirks where, before she enters a room, she has to count from like four down to one or th- to three and a half, I guess, right? She goes like one, two, th- I'm doing it on the screen, which is useless on the podcast. But like, <laughs> you know, she does it in this like kind of cute way, right? Yeah. Um, she the herself, food. right, right. Yes. She like yeah. constantly adjusts her kimpop. So it's like perfectly lined up before she eats it. She only eats one type of food. Um, <laughs> She's obsessed with dolphin. Uh, whales. whales. Right, 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 yeah. right. All she ever <laughs> wants to talk about is whales, right? Like, um, and which is like some of the funnier parts of the show, I think, when mm-hmm. she starts talking about whales. Uh, she has very, you know, kind of high pitched, you know, like atypical voice that she speaks in. Um, and, you know, okay. like, like, this is the main character that takes you through 16 hours of the show. I think that in itself is a huge yeah. feat for them. Like, where it's just like, wow, like, mm-hmm. I can't believe, like, you know, like, Rain Man is not, a, is not the main character of Rain Man, right? Like, Tom Cruise <laughs> is, like, the main character of Rain Man. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, how, how, how did you feel about this portrayal um, of, of, of somebody with autism on, on this show? Um, I was okay with it as far as dramas go because everything is going to be kind of, you know, dramatized, but, um, uh, but there was some like push, there was some criticism of the show. Um, people that I talked to in, while I was in Korea were, I asked them about this because it was so popular, um, right. even in Korea, yeah. a lot of things that are super popular internationally, um, from Korean media are not necessarily popular in South Korea. Um, but everyone was watching this and if mm-hmm. I like to just turn on local television when I'm there, so yeah. <laughs> I t- would turn it on in our hotel, um, just to see what 
it's on. Um, it was on like four different channels. They were just on replays and like wow. there were channels that show like the most popular thing. And um, it, anytime it was almost like the Golden Girls. Anytime I turned on TV, I could find this show. It's like Law and Order. Our wings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really popular. But then the kind of lefty people that I know there had problems with the show because they said that it was um, stereotyping or that showing her as the kind of genius autistic yeah. person is like really um misleading and makes people think that if um that if they have an autistic child they should be a genius and they should be still able to go to Seoul Dead Law School and stuff. Say, if they don't go to Seoul Dead now everyone's gonna be like wait what be like, I watched that what? show I, right yeah, it right, was right. a promise it's a social yeah. contract yeah um, exactly yeah but they did have that other character right who was uh they had an episode where there was another one of the clients was autistic and they had, yeah. and that, um, and it was not, you know, that, that, that character was not like a, you know, yeah. legal genius. Right. Um, right. And, there and, were two actually. Yeah. Right. Right. So right, the right. girl is very interesting. Right. So it, I thought it was interesting because they show one as an aggressor. So like, um, the, the man. Pingu. Pingu. Yeah. Pingsu. Um, Pingsu. Yeah. Yeah. The young man. Yeah. He's, that that hits the issue of like the the golden older son who's who commits suicide um and the oh, yeah, son who's right. autistic. They right? wrapped but everything it's... up in that one. That one was full of yeah. yeah it was really intense. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. But it had like the fear of of the disabled as being uncontrollable and yeah. then on the one with uh, the other female autistic witness, she was like it was like sexual violence against because she had some romance with um a uh, jebby right right <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. what is that like a gigolo, gigolo. Right. <laughs> right. i think yeah. she maybe didn't have autism though i think she was developed like slightly developmentally disabled was the right uh, that's what it was but yeah. she yeah. but i found that character really interesting because yeah it was this more nuanced thing about her volition and whether she could choose right. romance with someone who's like terrible and that was still okay right. as a hum- full human um, right and it was just in time for, um, if you'll see episode 9, 10, 11, that's where the romance arc always um, really heats up in a Korean drama. <laughs> so it was just like... in time for that as well. <laughs> oh, wait, I want to see this chart that, do you have, do you have this all yeah, charted out somehow? Exactly. I want to see it. Like episode 9 is where they're outside of a bar and they hold each other and they look at it in each other's eyes and they almost kiss, you know? And they're one of those. Like, yeah, cho- there is one of those. <laughs> and the like, hand against the wall and the, yeah. the yeah. kiss or like the wrist grab right. slightly creepy episode gestures. episode 10 yeah. is the first is the first kiss episode 11 is where <laughs> the woman says i can't do this you know and then <laughs> and then like 11 and 12 are mostly um they break up right right then, right right there's a lot of like montage of their near misses <laughs> <laughs> I know it's exactly true. what we're talking about. And then about. you have yeah. four episodes to catch up, get to get back. Yeah, <laughs> and to either resolve or not. Man, those montages <laughs> are great. You know, I don't know. There are all these projects going. I don't know. I, that's one of the motifs of Korean dramas that I really Definitely. appreciate. That and the end credits. Yeah. You know, which is basically just the same thing. But yeah. like the yeah. yeah the when they just like randomly cut to something that you watched like an hour and a half ago because you're streaming it or you're binging it and you're like yeah I remember that right <laughs> exactly. yeah, like, I don't need a reminder I don't need a reminder but it's the manufacture of nostalgia for something you just experienced because totally. you know you forget it so fast that you need to be reminded at the end of the thing you 
must watch as well as at the beginning of the next thing that is going to automatically come on anyways. I, don't, I, I appreciate it because it allows me my television watching um, method to be honed every time the love the love narrative starts i just fast forward through it but like the <laughs> yeah this like i don't yeah it totally supports your weird pathology and watching like the fast forward i was like oh wait they're going back to the love that every time Junho was on the show i just like start fast forward <laughs> i, I like, feel so Aww. bad for him right because he was attacked for being too ugly yeah. to be a star wait he was yeah. it's so cool yeah, yeah so it's the so leading mean. So for folks who haven't watched it, the main character's love interest at the law firm is a paralegal called Juno. And he's basically the leading man of the show. No, 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 he's, an invest- he's a litigator. No, he's not a lawyer. He's what? like a, not a lawyer. investigator paralegal. But he's an investigator. <laughs> yeah. He's not oh, a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, but anyway, but people, all the um, people in, on the Korean bulletin boards are like, he's too ugly to be a star. It's what? so mean. Yeah. Is he ugly? Yeah. I thought he was not. I didn't think he was ugly. No, he's cute. He's not ugly, but it's an interesting. I don't really understand the critique or like what kind of vision like, of beauty there is. Is it because he's in? like, yeah, well, I was going to say, is it because he just like kind of looks like a normal dude, you know? Like where he's not, you know. I, don't I know. guess the other lawyer is, it is his more skin, classic. Is it because his skin is too dark or something like that? Like, I don't get no. it. No. <laughs> um, he's like cute. He's not He's hot, cute. I guess. Yeah. I wonder if it's because it blew up so much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they had to find something to hate. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so some of the other, like, I think then we can just go through some of these issues and talk about them because I do think it's, you know, for the people who are not K drama fans, first of all, if you're still with us, we appreciate it. You know, I wouldn't be personally if I was not into these shows. I'd just be like, yeah, I'm going to skip this episode. It's fine. But, I can't but, believe you brought me back for a third. Oh, no, 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 no. These are our favorite episodes because, you know, like, I first, I, like, I, first of all, I do feel like I have a lot to learn about them, you know, because I don't, I'm, I don't know. And, um, and also, I think we do have a large contingent of viewers who do watch all these shows. And um, they are always requesting things, and sometimes we listen, you know? And so this this show being such a big hit, I think, is definitely worthy of it. So, like, what is behind this? Like, kind of, there's two episodes in the middle of the show. Like, we've alluded to it a couple times before. But basically what's happening is a highway is being built through this village outside of Seoul. It's about an hour and a half outside of Seoul. And, like, um, it, the lawyers travel out there because they don't first of all they don't want to you know they're just like i don't know there's nothing you can do this highway is going to be built but then they sort of have this two episode arc where they're trying to help these people save their town from development like what is that like where does that come from is there like a sort of hey we must return to you know like there's still good in the in the pastoral traditions of korea is there is that type of movement happening like i, I imagine that it's always happening at some level right but to see it like become basically every single ep- every single case on this show is one episode long, except for this one, I think. Maybe there was one other, but this is like uh, this was like obviously like a big, big, big storyline for them where they decided to do two episodes about it. Like what what's what's behind all of this? <laughs> oh, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just I was gonna say it's funny that you when you watched it, Jay, that it kind of resonated for you as sort of quasi-fascistic or kind of MAGA. <laughs> um, I I think I had a slightly different reaction, which is like, yeah, of course, there's this sort of um, 
kind of silly like country nostalgia which is a bit false given like what Korea actually is now which is like there's almost no countryside um <laughs> but I think it also reflects like that there the use of eminent domain and the land use decisions yeah. are so federalized and so top down um I mean in many places around the world but like in Korea being such a small country I think there is a sense of um you know, this kind of historic regionalism where there's always these competitions between the provinces and then also the city and the countryside and um, this sense that, especially in the regions around the big cities and, of course, the main one is Seoul, that, um, there is, that everybody has to serve the center, you know, and so the periphery yeah. suffers. And so to me, it was kind of teasing out some of these issues that I do think are live. Although I think like the main goal of every small city is like to be the next satellite city. Right, right, right. Right. So there's that tension. But I do think there is this sense of there's some things still to be preserved, which, yeah, we can debate that. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, too, like the two um, episodes or issues that get a two episode arc both have to do with like this public access to cultural heritage sites or preserving some sort of thing because the Jeju episodes there were two oh, yeah. right? oh yeah. that's um, right the Jeju and it was also about a road <laughs> so, yeah um, both of them about roads and public access um, <laughs> it's a land use show really yeah right. and and the and like the the monastery that was there and um yeah like the cultural Buddhism. heritage sites like the there is a two episodes about cultural heritage sites I feel like when we describe yeah. the show this way it sounds like crazy you know you're like well there's a show about eminent domain <laughs> there was a show there was a show about ip over uh atm yeah. uh, like some atm part oh, that one was great yeah, yeah where i was like, just that like came up actually <laughs> where I was just when like, i was talking to <laughs> oh really atm atm Wait, machine IP. <laughs> no, no not the atm thing and it was not like a super big headline or anything but my mom was into this shampoo that's like um it's like hair dyeing shampoo but you don't actually have to dye your hair so it kind of blackens okay. your hair but she was like it's great because it also kind of darkens like the white part of the your scalp so it doesn't it's not as visible that it's when thinning. your hair is thinning oh <laughs> right and she was you know as um i've talked about before my mom owns a beauty supply so she's very interested in this stuff yeah um but you can only get it in korea and she said her friends all told her to use it but then there is one brand that's sold in the u.s and not sold in korea because they had a copyright dispute Ah. (laughs) so so like one was not allowed to be sold in korea anymore so now they have it here and she was like so you know i'm gonna buy this stuff while i'm here but when i get back to the states i'm gonna buy the american one that's awesome (laughs) it's like yo that was in that was in when they started talking about it i was like oh yeah you're you're like you're like i know just the lawyer to hire for this (laughs) mom let me help you no no i want it to be cheap on both sides she has she has some quirks you know but she's she's really a genius really smart sold it mom sold it (laughs) yeah well i mean so like where does that come from right like so you're right the two the two big episodes the two ones that they devoted to are about cultural heritage right they are about like you know like what in a broad sense they're kind of like what is this country right like and it is a real comparison between and you know it's interesting because it's not like they they, it's not like a show where they're like showing that urbanism or or the big city or technology or anything is bad right like there's no real like you know critique of any of that but at the same time there is this like great nostalgia and the second Jeju 
episode, what we see is like we see that uh, Uyongu's boss, right, really loved this one noodle shop in Jeju, and it was like this great noodle shop. But then his IP was stolen, right? Like they <laughs> stole, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they stole. They hired away the the a competing store hired away the uh, the guy who made the like one of the cooks, and he he tries to make a competing broth. But it's not as good as like the home, you know, as the homemade generational noodle broth, right? Like what, what, what was it? What was what was the soup that they were eating? I don't remember. It's like uh, it's pork. It was pork. Naiman, wasn't it? Or it was no, like no, it wasn't noodle naiman. soup. It was oh, pork. Yeah. It was pork pork that noodle was pork, soup. I yeah, that was, um, was beef too. And anyway. then there, uh, but it would make more sense for it to be pork on Jeju. It was pork, yeah. <laughs> and they they have a and the new store, like you know, like it has like. It looks pretty modern, right? Like they have like, uh, I don't know, iPads on the as cash registers and stuff. You know, as all modern restaurants do these days. I guess I don't know, but it looks more modern, right, compared to like the store that had to shut down. So, like, yeah, what what is behind this, right? Like, what what is the current that they're tapping into here? I'm very curious about it because I noticed yeah. it too. Well, like with our blues and with dear our friend, dear my friends or whatever. There's mm-hmm. been all this we talked about this before that there was this, there's been a rash of these kind of um, happy communities in the countryside, right? right? Right. Provincial and um, like the, the one with the tree, right? That the highway construction through that town, um, it kind of (laughs) seems like it's going in that direction. And then, you know, everything that happens, I don't know if I'm allowed to do spoilers, but (laughs) um, no, we've already spoiled the entire show. So don't worry about it. If they make it this far. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You probably watch it. Yeah. I mean, so episode one like constructs this like fantasy of the of the community that we see in all these other yeah. um, shows that are going back back to the countryside, um, and then it kind of falls apart, right? But at the core of it, there's still something that that they're trying to preserve, and it's like the tree, and um, in in the first what is it, Sodakdung? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, incidentally, not incidentally. Coincidentally, um, I was doing research in Seoul uh, or in Korea. That's why I was there. Um, on Pyeongchang, I was I was going through Pyeongchang, the Olympic sites, the former Olympic sites, and I um, found, you know, uh, a tour guide who was actually a taxi driver. And those are the best people <laughs> to have as tour yeah. guides. Um, he was just talking to me as we went around, and he asked what I was doing, and um, he knew so much that I was like. Okay, I'm gonna hire you for another two days. Can you just drive me around while hang out? Oh my god, you're um, like Thomas Friedman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, my taxi this driver told me this. Yeah. yeah, where Thomas Friedman doesn't yeah. do any reporting, he just asks the taxi driver his opinion. Yeah, yeah. that's the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy actually sounds like he really knows. Yeah. Tim and I can both make that joke now, whereas before I'd have been like, ah, I don't think I could say anything bad about the <laughs> New York Times like, opinion columnist. Now, you know, ah, I've been liberated. <laughs> Jay's been liberated. <laughs> Jay's liberation Jay. notes. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Another K-drama joke. <laughs> Another K-drama about the countryside. <laughs> totally. Right. Um, but I thought you guys were going Gwangju taxi driver. <laughs> and I was like, I wish there had been some oh, yeah. protests. Oh, Jesus, but, uh, <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not that German dude. Uh, but he was talking about like how uh, they had to c- construct these highways for the Pyeongchang Olympics, right? They had to like push through all of these towns. And he was saying how like, um, how it was actually great for him because they could go through places now. And like a lot of mm-hmm. these tourist destinations, like in Gyeongju and um, that connects to like Gangneung, which is like a seaside town. There are all these places that are now connected 
um, through these highways that make it a lot easier, he said, for these what were these kinds of villages to in, to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying that, like, even 10 years ago, it would take an hour to get over this mountain. Right. Um, but now he has friends on the other side because it takes 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The- I guess for did he feel any did he feel anything on the other side of that, though? Or was it was it an unvarnished good to him? I mean, he's he's a taxi driver, so I think it was unvarnished because he can now drive people as a driver to the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I don't, I don't know how there. much conflict um, people yeah. have in these things. Yeah, that happened I, in the Vancouver yeah. Olympics too, where you know the basically the path from the city of Vancouver up to Whistler was like straightened out and, because they were having the mm. Olympics, and then all of the towns like Squamish or whatever on the way up are now you know much much more populated. Yeah. And so it, it is in some ways people moving to the countryside because they can now, you know, because they built a big tunnel instead of having to drive around everything. And yeah. I don't know. I was wondering maybe that was part of it. If like the Korea, oh, the Korea that's was right, like because nobody moves there. Oh, but it's they just, will. Like, it made I made it a lot easier to like. But don't you think they eventually will? Um, I mean, you know, yeah, housing always follows infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. The danger of what of, though? Hmm. It's good for people to move out to places like that and. I think it, I think it can be, but I think there can also be a reaction and a fear, you know, I mean, in the way that this doesn't relate to land use as much, but with the development of Jejudo, obviously this has been a huge controversy about everyone flooding into the island and what does that mean for island culture and for people? But isn't that mostly like, isn't that mostly like people just like being mad that Chinese people are coming there? Like, isn't that where a lot of that is? I don't think just, I mean, yes, of course there's racism against Chinese (laughs) people in Korea, but I think it's like people from rich people from Seoul are coming in to develop and like, we can't afford to live and, you know, so I think those like gentrification fears are yeah. real, displacement fears are real. There's like right. three the Yimbies right now who are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast and getting really mad. At <laughs> people are just like, no, the development is good. And like, I, I'm kind of on that. I'm on that side kind of too. Where it's just like, I don't know. It's good. Like well, to on the other create hand, infrastructure and not make it dangerous and take forever to get from one place to another. Sure. Yeah, some of yeah. But on the other hand, there are all these companies that are going out into different provinces to like make these huge, you know, yeah. campuses. But the people don't actually live there because of the education, um, the education stranglehold that's sold has over right, the rest right. of the country mm-hmm. so like the now that ktx goes to all these places that's the high speed train um you know you have like a mini version of the wild goose fathers where they work there during yeah. the week and then they don't take their families um they leave their families in whole and so a lot of these people that i met in Pyeongchang, in kangwondo and um near kangnung um so kind of further towards well all over kangwondo and then in gyeongju as well uh we're saying that they they bring in these companies saying that it's going to bring in families, like people are going to move here. And then they don't because um, they don't want their kids to be educated out there. So, mm-hmm. like, I would see these elementary schools wow. that look great. And the the taxi drivers would tell me that there were no kids in there, like yeah, maybe 20 total. Um, oh. So I think, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll eventually change, I imagine. But, yeah, for it takes a while, I think. Um, I know. The, I don't know because of education in Seoul. Like there is, it's so it's so intense to yeah, and it's so like people are still sending their families to Seoul because um, that's where you have to be educated, right? If you're not going to the states. <laughs> um, there's a there's like a I want to talk a little bit about like sort of gender in the show because you know well first you have this lawyer who is you know woman and then you have but more interestingly I think you have 
these two mega powerful law firms on the show. And, um, <laughs> you know, one is, I forget what, what was it called? Like Teshan or something like that? Teshan, right? And um, Hambada, right? Teshu. And, and um, they're both run by very, very sort of ambitious women, right? Like, and I found that to be sort of interesting. There's no real powerful men in the show, right? Like it is like everybody who is making the big decisions who are like kind of like working with the government to plot, right? The people who are, have all the big ambition on the show, they're all women. And like the only sort of male authority figure is like the kindly boss, right? Who's sort of like uh, Uyongu's mentor, right? Like, I mean, what, what, what did you guys think about this, right? Like I, I found it interesting at least. Yeah. Oh, it just occurred to me that Hanbada and Tesu are both like water terms. Yeah, because the whale. <laughs> Tesu is like, oh, they, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, sea-themed show. Whale-oriented. What do I think about that? I don't know. Um, the one, the Tesu lawyer, she kind of looks like Park Geun-hye to me. So, she does, um, yeah. She's frightening, yeah, right? I wonder if that's intentional. Like, because it's very, yeah, she's styled exactly, I'm maybe, I'm sure if you saw her photo of her, it wouldn't, but she's styled exactly like Park Geun-hye, yeah. Hair, everything like that, yeah. Yeah, and she's kind of a legacy player. Right. I, I mean, they, they do talk a lot about nepotism, and there's that one, Kwon Minu, the, the other attorney, male attorney, um, is always concerned about the nepotism and how he needs to make money. Right. So um, I don't know the fact that there are powerful women to show that powerful women are also corrupt um, in a way that doesn't only have to do with putting their children into soul debt. I guess yeah, on the on the equi- <laughs> on the on the, on, the on the dressage team. Yeah, yeah, um. <laughs> but for their own power, for their own professional yeah. power, right? Yeah, I feel like it's another way in which. I mean, obviously, Korean dramas have a high, very high percentage of, like, women showrunners, writers, right. you know, producers. And, um, yeah, to me, this is, like, a very interesting, like, fan, like enactment of female fantasy that, it, you know, because mm-hmm. the show isn't a very, it's not a sexual show. It's not really a romantic show. Like, there's a little bit of that, but it's not, that's not the th- at all the thrust of it. So you, there's a different kind of fantasy playground, which is, like, the professional sphere. Um, yeah. But is totally... A, unrealistic and like does not like <laughs> match anything in korean society right so that's so what i wanted to, that's what i wanted to ask like, about i need to right? go there so i can like be the firm partner don't go there like <laughs> it's, not... <laughs> it's unlikely that you'll be the partner this is not gonna happen to you <laughs> be yeah. yeah you know that's like you know that episode did you read that article in the times i don't know if it was in the times but it was about how all these like women are are going to korea to meet like their soulmate because they yeah, watch yeah, exactly. dramas. <laughs> the funnier version of that would be like all these young women lawyers are because they watch too young and they're like Listen. i don't know which one is more unrealistic like but please don't move like, like i okay. am going to be the head of my own test hunt you know like it's possible like i look around in the united states all the big law firms are run by men you know but in, in korea the two biggest law firms in the country are run by these two it's women. like so funny and like what i don't know Every, I, at the last hotel i was staying at in seoul i was, there were all these like foreigners who i could tell were like k-pop fans oh yeah just from stuff they were wearing and i was just like oh yeah. man like i hope you guys have a good time here <laughs> please listen up to your expectations because your expectations are so freaking high so high <laughs> 
it's like it's like if like you know like marxist leninists moved to korea because they had seen like squid games and parasite you know and they're like like oh man they're like this is the place for it like they're all anti-capitalists like bro (laughs) we should you know what we should just write like a trend pieces about that stuff that even if it doesn't happen you know like we should just find two people who moved to to korea we should say all these people women are moving to korea to be to be the heads of offers and just just write it anyway even if it's not true (laughs) oh man i don't know i don't know why that thought is so funny to me (laughs) tammy did you ever do any work with a korean law firm no because i just did the lawyering i did in the u.s was like legal aid type stuff oh okay but i do my I, husband worked at a korean law firm oh he did method yeah long did for he... two years oh my god how was <laughs> yeah. that for him he said it was fine because you know he presents as white so yeah. <laughs> um and once they found out that he was ethnically um latino they trotted him out to like the ambassador oh, my god. i'm third generation mexican <laughs> Like, the ambassador of Chile? That's amazing. <laughs> that and they're like, here, here, we have this Latino lawyer. Oh my God. He was like, oh no. <laughs> but, um, I do feel like for people like him and us, though, like if we, like after college, I worked in a Korean workplace for a year, like a few days a week. Mm-hmm. And it was a very traditional and oppressive workplace, but I got a pass, you know, and I wonder if that was true for Matt. And also since he was working in English. Yeah, um, the really interesting thing was that, um, I mean, he always got a pass because he presented as white, but um, there were a lot of Korean Americans who also came at that time because it was in 2009, like all these people who oh, who graduated wow. from law school, like suddenly couldn't get a job because everything had shrunk right after yeah. the financial thing. Um, and so there were a bunch of Korean Americans there who were like, well, I'll come here and like, I have my Yale law degree, so I'll like explore my roots or whatever. And they got a pass for exactly like the the men that we knew got a pass for like a year and then they were expected to just fold themselves in oh really and then wow. the women got a pass for like none <laughs> like maybe six months before gotcha. they were expected to also be the one that gets the coffee and stuff like that oh so um, stuff like that and also work hours probably right like right but then like going to the the hostess clubs and like the bars and stuff um uh or the you know the like after, after work right. uh, yeah they, all that stuff oh, wow like the Korean American men were expected to do that immediately, and Matt never had to go if he didn't want to. He would just be like, "Oh, um, my wife doesn't like that, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna Good go." And then oh, they saw God. me, and were like, "They were like, that's why you're staying." Home. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, man." She must be really hot or something if he's not gonna go. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of anything that is more like anathema to the stuff I like to do than having to do that. You know, like like, after we're going to work 14 hours and then afterwards we're going to go out and we're going to get really, really drunk and stay out till 2 a.m. And I'm just like. No, we are not. No. You know, like I yeah. like that. Like we're. I'm gonna go home and I'm just gonna hang out with my family and do nothing. Like, what are you oh, talking he likes about? To come home and watch the Starcraft Channel because they. <laughs> <had that laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He was like, they have this on TV. I would, I would <laughs> much rather watch the Starcraft Channel. Me having very little interest in Starcraft than like go out to after work drinks every single <laughs> yes. night for like six yeah. hours. Oh wait, there was one more social issue I wanted talk about and then we can wrap up which is no 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 i just forgot about it one of the most 
interesting and affecting episodes. And I actually thought it was the best episode of the show was the one about like Hagwans, right? So Hagwan, yeah. for mm. the people who don't know, is like a Korean academy. And, you know, they, they start after school and they sometimes go like, apparently till 10 p.m. I didn't know that they would go this late, right? So your kid is in school from like 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. And then they go to Hagwan from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then they do their homework, right? And so there's this episode where the sort of Pied Piper type of guy start something that he calls what was like the Korean Children Liberation Army or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And he like kidnaps a bunch of kids and takes them, I don't know, like Saraksan or something like that, right? Like somewhere out in the countryside. And he like, you know, forces them to play, right? And, um, you know, the show is very clear about how it feels about this, right? Which is that like the kids in Korea are overly stressed that like they're not allowed to play at all. They're not, they're not given any type of childhood and that, um, you know, yes, this dude did kidnap, you know, he did drug the, he did drug the, this is a real spoiler, but he drugs the, uh, the bus driver, steals the van and takes these kids out. But, uh, the end of that, hey, but he also went his whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause like, right. So you have to redeem him. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, basically yeah. everyone's fine. You know, like that's a compromise that all the showrunners make. We're like, yeah. listen, we're going to make these kind of problematic and complicated characters, but you're going to like them because they all went to, you know, they all went to this whole day. <laughs> Like, it's fine. You know, you can like them because they, they, they went to a good college. Um, it's not that different from here, honestly. But, uh, yeah. but I would say that, um, I don't know, I found that to be really interesting. Is it like, I know that there is like resistance to this type of culture, right? Like of uh, sort of, but it's not real, right? Because the parents still all send their kids to yeah. these things, right? Um, and, um, but where, where is that in Korea right now, right? Like, it, it was actually somewhat unique in that I did think that it's not something that I think, children in general aren't really the centers of these Korean dramas in a lot of ways, right? But, um, or issues about kids certainly aren't, right? Because, like, everything needs to have, like, a romantic arc and everything like that. But I found that, that episode to be totally fascinating because, you know, it seemed so clear in its, in its stance towards it to the point where they're, like, you know, valorizing a dude who kidnapped a bunch of kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, like a kidnap, little kidnapper. I don't know. What do you guys think about that episode? I liked it too. Uh, I, I think on the strength also of the, the protagonist, the guy oh yeah, the who's actor just like a great, great comic yeah. actor. Um, but yeah, I think my only real um, data points are around like some acquaintances I have here who are parents and then my cousins who are parents. And I do think it's, I think it's very, very bad. I don't think it doesn't seem yeah. to me that it's getting better. Jenny mentioned the concentration in Seoul and the pressures of being in the kind of right. the metropolis and, you know, and then and the money involved in it. I mean, I'm always interested in how much money is just I mean, people's entire family incomes are oriented basically around these cram schools. Hakwan, and mm -hmm. um, it just seems like a really miserable way of living that I don't think I would have survived. When I asked my parents about emigrating here or like also raising my, us here well, in the U.S., um, it, this is actually a thing that they always say that they couldn't have afforded to send us to anything. And so well, that they couldn't have afforded, but not that they didn't want to pressure you like that. Yeah, I don't think they're <laughs> also you would have I mean, you would have maybe, but... you would have survived it. Um, you would have. I don't. I, mean, I would. But you would have. I think kids acculturate, but I don't think I would have done well in that. Anyway, but I, I do when I see my cousins' kids like coming home so late and running around to all of these different things. It just seems 
awful. I don't. It really seems like awful. Yeah, till 10 p.m. for like third graders. Like, come on, you it's know. Crazy. Like, I'm like, Mister, kids should do homework, and like, American education is too soft, you know. It's like we need but more like, math. But I mean, this is like, I mean, like that's just that's just it just seemed so abusive you know where it's like these kids have all this pressure placed on them and that like and that one is not one where they're describing a fantasy you know it's not the the two women run the law firms right like like that's a that's a real reality i was just wondering if there is like some resistance to that or if it's just like something that's new i don't think there is though you know like that's where i just think like i don't know like it's people it's just such a way of of life it seems like everyone knows it's terrible but no one has a solution right you know well, so I've, I have a couple of friends who have kids that are the same age as my kids, right? So now they're going, they're in middle school. Um, and initially they had been like, we want to send them to these schools that are more well-rounded, that aren't as, you know, that aren't huge mm-hmm. pressure cookers. But by the time they got into like thinking about middle school, high school, they were like, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine was like, uh, well, um, you know, he can't meet up with us because he has five hours of math hug one. And I was like, oh it's, gosh. and it was at the end of July. So this was in the summer, like they were on vacation. Oh and I said, well, I asked, like, I thought you didn't want to do that. And she said, yeah, well, I, I don't. And I try and do as little as possible, but you know, like we have to do this. Otherwise he's not going to get anywhere. Um, and he's not going to be able to go to college or get into the right, mm. like not even the right high school, but a decent high school. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I think becomes inevitable no matter how hard, people want to escape it but you know the other escape is to leave right so um and that is the reason a lot of people go to english-speaking countries not just for you know to to learn english but because you know maybe it gives them a chance at a at a more relaxed academic atmosphere yeah 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 uh, that's always my thought with some of this stuff where americans will complain about it and i'll be like well i don't know Compared to some of these other countries, you know, like, like, come on, right? Like, it's it's gonna yeah. be okay. Yeah, it's uh the the version of that that they have in the states here is like sports stuff, you know, where sports, it's, yeah. it's, and that's where I'm just like, well, I don't know, maybe it's better to learn math for all those hours than to, you know, endlessly play these. <laughs> I wanted to sports. keep my kids there through elementary school so that they would learn math and then come back. Ah, <laughs> Jenny, come on. <laughs> You're part of the problem. <laughs> I wanted you're, to. You're trying to be all woke here, but, you know, like, in reality, you're, you're, you're like, listen, only three no. hours of math, how one? <laughs> five. Five is too many. <laughs> no, it's a elementary school. Mom. They don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're totally right about the sports because, like, my daughter just retired from um, gymnastics, retired from gymnastics at age 13, which is kind of what you have to call it at, for gymnastics, I think. Right. right. Um, and she was she was at the gym, like, until 10 p.m. every night, like, wow. 20, 24 hours a week. It's oh like my a job. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, horrible. And it was like, it's too much, but they there was no recreational track. You can't do it for fun anymore. You just have to be on a team and that's the time commitment right and kids just get funneled into this um are you guys all happy with the decision 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all very happy. Yeah. yeah. Although I will lose my insight into um, Russian emigre culture. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just, you know, just text the people. <laughs> you know, be like, what's going on? Can you give me my monthly update on Russian emigre culture? Yeah, just wait till they Russian. go to stay and then <laughs> it'll be back in. Yeah. Oh, my... Uh, never mind. I, I did, you know, I, t- like, I, I thought about it too, just be, like sending my kid to Hagwon for like one day a week or something like that because um, in Berkeley, the kindergarten math curriculum is to count to 20, you know, and I was like, okay, like, you know, like, come on. She's very upset. About we can do, uh, but then I texted my dad and my dad was like, no, you know, absolutely not. Really? Yeah. Really? He was like, the purpose of school is how to learn to socialize and how to deal with boredom. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my wow. God. I was oh. like, first of all, you know, where was this oh, when I was five years old, you know, or six years old? You know? Damn. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they're very resistant to it. And But, you know, I've, I'm just going to, like. That's great. We're going to yeah. start maybe in second grade. I do agree that kindergarten is a little early. Like, I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little bit early. But, um, but and then also by then, I think that all, I like, basically what they do here is they start very slow. And then they kind of. Get everyone on the same, you know, because kids come in kindergarten with such wide ranges and then they kind of get towards whatever, which also seems like a healthy way to go about it. I don't know. Like this school stuff drives me crazy. And like, you know, the the I was going to say, though, like, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the to go back to this episode because the child thing has become a minority issue as well. Um, and kids are being seen like in some respect, like for the human rights, um, issues that in the national human rights commissions uh commission children's rights have been recognized so um it's not mm. that it's like a non-issue or that only these shows are thinking about it um it it, it is something that has been recognized that you know because of teenage suicide child suicide right, right? um it's, it's something that they need to consider or that they have been talking about i don't know what the answer is mm, obviously yeah. <laughs> but um but it is something that has uh i don't know that has been at least brought to the forefront and there is an idea of play and more you know doing not just um funneling them into one track which happens really early there right 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 right. i don't know they could go in many different directions because k-pop is also that kind of trajectory that's true um, i know oh yeah they do <laughs> have k-pop hagwon right they do that's right they do scary yeah. too they had yeah. that in and uh yeah. and they had that in queens for a while where like one of the big mm-hmm. hagwons had like a k-pop class and i uh, the only reason i knew about it was because I walked by it and I saw a poster for it and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, but as far as I could tell, it was like, uh, hey, you know, we're going to teach you how to sing and dance type of thing, which sounds actually very fun, you know, unless like the whole point is to just be a K-pop star. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, if they're getting you ready for auditions, it sounds the same as doing gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. but singing and dancing class is great, you know, I'm sure there's a mix in there. There's probably like one or two parents who like Gymnastics is great too until. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's all fun until it's not fun yeah yeah um okay well sorry to interrupt no 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 i think (laughs) i think we're good is there anything else that anyone wants to say about this show no now i'm watching Mm, little women oh yeah i was gonna start that is that good i was gonna ask you is that is that is that a hit we'll circle back yeah it's more crimey okay is there is that a hit in korea i only watch the hits I don't know yet. You only watch this. Yeah. It's only three apps in, so it's hard to tell. Oh, uh, okay. You're only three in, or the well, show this, is only three No, in? there's only oh, three posts okay. so far. Yeah. 
oh, you're crazy. I don't watch it until it's completely Me too. Like, at least oh, until really? episode oh, no. 10. Because I try and watch at least five at a time. Yeah, I try and watch <laughs> the entire show in three days, if possible. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then I, yeah, using my patented fast forward method. J.K. method? <laughs> yeah. I use, maybe start using my strategy method that might be better <laughs> i did that. i want to pass i, oh, I want to see this chart <laughs> i watch i know i know that would be even better because then i can skip entire episodes you know yeah <laughs> yeah or i or I, or i can okay, tell you only need to watch like <laughs> yeah this chart minute, like 20 to 24 of this episode <laughs> I, I would love this chart though i bet you should write a book about it like you know like save the cat you know that like uh that screenwriting show or the te- or that screenwriting book where they teach you how to structure or a screenplay, you know, and they have all these oh. charts in it. You should write a K drama one or like an article about like the, and put a big chart in that. Like I would, I would love that. I would be so fascinated by it because they clearly do, right? Like it, they all have it's this yeah. the same structure, which is true of you know U.S. American crime procedurals. T- true of every yeah. single t- television show that has seasons, basically. Um, but you're right. Episode nine is when things like heat up, right? <laughs> and uh, it's like they hold hands, right? And then it's interesting because yeah. the love interest is never real. It's almost always treated in that way where it's just like a plot device and like it's never all that invested in in a lot of these shows, right? Like it's it's not like people really, like the show is really about that, but it just has to be in there to, to make it, it interesting. It has to be in there. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Uh, this one I was well, very interested. it did interest- get picked up for a second season. I know. That's interesting. What? What did? That's weird. This yeah, show, we didn't um, talk about that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. Oh. I don't know where they're going to go from here. Yeah. Was, I'm kind of <laughs> Well, there's all the intrigue with the, with the, with the uh, mother, right? With Uyungu's mother, who is yeah. the head of... I, I found that yeah. stuff to be fascinating. I wish they had done a little bit more with the father and, you know, like his... Maybe they will next season. That was yeah. also an abortion storyline, by the way. Right? That's true. Right? Where... Um, yeah. Yeah, um, she disappeared for a while and had a kid, and, and then the guy was trying to blackmail yeah. her about it and everything like that. And then it turns out that she wanted to have an abortion, but Uyongi's father like begged her not to, and that's how we have this legal genius in the oh, world. This is a major now. spoiler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, look, if they're um, here with us if, yeah. at an hour thirteen, then you know they've that's either true. watched the show or they're they're sitting in a car and mindlessly they listening to it. it. <laughs> Um, okay well yeah. jenny thank you for being on the show again thanks jenny um thank you these are my they, like As i always. said they're my favorite episodes to record no offense to anyone else but just because you know <laughs> it's just fun i always feel like i learned something and um the conversation <laughs> is pleasant and free-flowing you know um it's not an interview I, at least i hope we're not in inter- you don't feel like we're interviewing you um Tammy, thank you for coming on the show. No, this too. is fun chat. Uh, making yes. time in Korea. <laughs> Please. I don't know why I'm thanking you for being on the show. <laughs> like yeah. you're, really yeah. weird. Thank you, Jay. Super weird. No, you're welcome. You know, I made it. It's 7 a.m. here when we started. So, yeah. you know, I made a lot of sacrifices this morning, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you... Thank you to May Shots as well, our producer. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, um, you can sign up at patreon.com slash pod, or you can go to goodbye.substack.com for $5 a month. You will get access to... We're doing bonus episodes again. Yeah. Yeah, or at least we have one lined up, so there are <laughs> bonus episodes. But mostly you get access into our Discord server where people talk about, for example, this show. 
Right. Has there been a lot of, com- I haven't <laughs> been in there in a little bit. Is there a lot of conversation about this show? I know there was a while yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and talked about our blues, squid games, whatever. If you want to talk about Korean dramas, like this is the space, you know, <laughs> I think. And the Korean drama channel is a little bit less political than some of the other channels, I would think. I would think, you mm-hmm. know, it's not like. We're not talking about like left yeah. politics and organizing. It's just like people being like, <laughs> "There's no rating group yeah. for it." <laughs> I mean, like, is this person? Yeah. This person is not actually. Oh, I have this one. This person is not actually <laughs> Reiko ugly. Reiko sends me updates. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I just get like Andy's the summaries from Reiko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is a voracious Kate drama oh, watcher. Yeah. Oh she my knows, god. So you should have her on for this. I know. We it might. We might. We should. We should do it four like, ways. Yeah. The next one that we do, which yeah. will be, you know, maybe in a bit longer. I don't know. How often can we really do episodes about K-Dramas? Good question. You know, I would say once a month, but like, or however long it takes me to watch one. But obviously, like, you know, that's a lot. We'll wait for the next big hit. That's yeah, the same. next big hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lee Young, I think, is, you know, it was, it was worth it. Um, all right. Uh, we will see you next week. Oh.